southbound, I've been hellbound, riding on the midnight train. Going too fast now, think I'll slow down, standing in the pouring rain. What's going on, guys? Tristan and Tony here, back with another episode of the One Hell of a Life Outdoor Podcast. And uh, we got some exciting stuff to talk about today. You know, it's kind of a unique, cool, uh, I mean, not cool for the people it happened to, but cool for the uh, people that were there to help out, which um, happened to be um, two of the two of the guides at Williamson Outfitters, which y'all know sponsors the podcast. And we just had Captain Chris on not too long ago. Um, but today we have on Clay and Bryce, uh, Captain Clay and Captain Bryce, uh, to kind of tell how this whole thing went down. Um, you know, this I don't know if you guys saw this, but if you're listening to this podcast and you're from Florida, you probably saw a video of um, from Williamson Outfitters of, you know, what went down with this incident. Basically, it turned over a boat um, and, you know, these a couple guys, of people were saved. And yeah, yeah, and it was a very dangerous situation, you know, and, uh, um, you know, we, we basically wanted to, to get these guys on here tonight to just really kind of tell the story and uh, kind of really help build that visual for, you know, what what, what happened to that today or that day and uh you know, number one priority is guys. You got an extra check mark from from the big guy upstairs for what you guys did, man. Th- welcome to the show and thank you for what you did. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, thank you, guys. We're excited to uh, hear about it. And um, you know, can you guys kind of up to y'all who wants to start first? But you know, kind of go into you know how long um, you've been working for Williams and Outfitters. I know Bryce, obviously, uh, you were brought up in it, and yep. uh, you know you can just kind of give a little background of what you guys do there. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, uh, this is uh, Captain Bryce. Um, I'm, also, I'm uh, the boss's son, Chris Williams' son. Um, so I've been working here pretty much as long as it's been alive. So since 2019, and um, I've been deck canning for i think from 2019 to about 2020 2021 and then i was old enough to get my captain's license so i've been doing it on my own since then um and i basically do everything he does now so yeah i've been doing it since 2019 till now so nice man nice nice good deal good deal and just you know i guess um maybe and tristan if, if, if i'm getting ahead of the game just let me know but you know, I guess for everybody out there, just kind of give a visual, Bryce, of the kind of environments that y'all waterfowl hunt and fish in. I mean, we're not talking about the interiors of Florida. We're talking about the coastal areas. And just kind of help people kind of get an idea of, of what that looks like out there. Um, so basically, if anybody that's listening has been to Louisiana, hunting down there in Venice and everything, we basically have our small Venice. It's real marshy. Um Real muddy, real, and you got some sand spots here and there, but we got a lot of marshland, and um, you hunt basically in those pockets that are in the marsh, and we're killing most of your divers, um, your redheads, bluebills, buffaloes, canvasbacks, ringnecks. Um, occasionally, we shoot some puddle ducks, teal, um, gadwall, pintails, widgeon, every now and then, even snow geese, um, and that's in the marsh now we've also got an island that we hunt that basically looks like florida i mean it's mm-hmm. looks like south florida almost and um we that's where we shoot our redheads our redheads like to roost over there and that's where we do most of our uh redhead hunting which is what mainly everybody comes to hunt here for is the redheads so got um, gotcha gotcha 
Yeah, and, and, and you guys, you know, I mean, Tristan and I, as you know, are from Florida and stuff, too, and we lived there for a de- about a decade, and, and uh, you know, these areas, are a lot of times, these are all coastal waters, and, you know, there's a tide that goes in and out, and that kind of thing, and it's, it's a lot different than if you're a Midwest person, you know, you're just floating down a river, right? You know, everything's <laughs> going south. You know, Florida's got the, the only river in the United States that goes north, um, you oh, know, yeah. I mean, so... Um, it's just a different type of environment, you know, than just say, um, going down the, the Mississippi or something like that, you know? So, but, uh, yeah, no. Um, and you know, Clay, if you can kind of just give a little background of, you know, your time there at Williamson Outfitters and what you do as well, man. Yes, sir. Um, well, I'm Clay. Uh, I've been, this is my second year Williamson Outfitters. But I mean, I mean, I'm 19. Yeah, I'm 19 right now. And, you know, I've been hunting. I'm, I don't know how long I've been duck hunting now. Probably close to 10 years since I was little. <clears throat> but either way, my dad has, he works at the Tallahassee Fire Department. Uh-huh. He, he's always had the business since I've been younger and has always done the fishing chores. We kind of, and then we kind of tried something new with the duck hunting and then turned that into a little, a little business whenever he had time off from work. And then whenever I had time off from school and I'd always help him whenever available. And then it kind of just got to how, like how Bryce said it, I got to where I was able to get my license when I was 18 and with already all the knowledge that I've had since, you know, since I've been able to work a boat, Mm-hmm. it uh it just all adds up and so now now i'm here well well good for y'all man on um getting that and i, I just think it's neat you know y'all being young guys just to uh to be that passionate about it you know because i always talk about a lot like i'm 27 i'm a little bit older than y'all but like i'm sure you guys have heard of like declining hunting numbers kind of across the board it's kind of like a inevitable thing but it's guys like y'all too um coming on this podcast to talk about stuff like this that uh you know hopefully get new generations into it you know the guys younger than us you know yes sir mm-hmm. yeah you know one one thing i wanted to touch on too folks in, in these areas you know um if you are a rookie to coastal waters you have spent some time in between tides stuck it's just uh it's it's a <laughs> it's a nature of the beast you learn the hard way you know, Tristan and I tried to chase some bluebills last year, and um, it wasn't good. Yeah, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> good. <laughs> Luckily, we only were stuck for about an hour and a half. But it could have been way worse. Yeah. <laughs> that is one thing to definitely take into take into consideration, especially in the winter time when we get these really low tides with the north wind. That that low tide knocks out all the water. In the outdoors, every detail counts. See sharper, aim clearer. From the river's edge to the heart of the flooded timber, Hook and Bullet has your vision covered. Hook and Bullet's purpose-built optics are flawlessly crafted to give you an edge regardless of your outdoor pursuit. Use code ZeroDuck30 for 15% off a pair of Hook and Bullet sunglasses today. Then you have to actually run the deep water where that north wind makes it rough as all get out trying to get to the spot. Not just at that point, it, if you put yourself in the wrong situation, it gets dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, and there's you hear it every year, you know, if you're from the South, you know, you hear about people that are jettisoning from the boats, hitting sandbars and things like that, you know, going too fast, and um, it really does take, you know, if you're a Midwestern person, you know, the rule is is that you don't go to Real Foot Lake without a guide, right, just because how dangerous the water can be there, 
Mm-hmm. Um, very similar to, I would say, in these tidal areas is that, you know, it is dangerous. And, you know, especially when you're going in the middle of the night and um, it, it just takes a lot of, I think there's a lot more mental preparation that goes into coastal hunting than any other kind of duck hunting that I've done. Yeah, you could, uh, you could be running somewhere the day before on a high tide and you get out there in the morning not knowing tidal swings and that that where you ran yesterday could be completely out of the water wow and you you find that sandbar right there wow wow so. yeah yeah it's 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 crazy and, and and i just you know i know and i know tristan too you know we um we've had some situations where we can definitely relate to some fear of, of scenarios that we've we've done that we've dealt with, you know, just, just trying to get out there and really just cut our teeth and figure out, you know, scouting, you know, that kind of thing, you know, it just can be super dangerous, but man, man alive. But, uh, but y'all, you know, we wanted to dive into these guys tonight. And, uh, like I said, and really build this visual for you. And if you guys would just kind of, you know, walk us through, um, you know, I wouldn't mind hearing, uh, if you guys were in separate, separate boats or the same boat, whatever, I'm guessing you were probably separate boats, you know, just kind of, why don't you go ahead and start it, Bryce, and just kind of talk, walk us through that morning up until uh, um, you got in the boat and you guys were heading out to do what you are going to do. All right, so um, basically how we run it around here is the guides will get out there a little bit earlier than uh, the clients do just so we can get our blinds good and brushed up and make sure they're all good, mainly to hold that spot for us because, of course, we're hunting public land. So um, we get a lot of people that just – go and try and get which, which is legal stuff. in florida which, which arkansas folks <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly you can do it which yeah. we understand and it's it's hunting so i mean right. it happens right but we get out there early try and get our blind get our decoys set out make sure everything's good so we got out there around four o'clock just like we usually do um got our decoys that and the other then we just kind of chit chat till we get back to the boat ramp to pick up our clients so tide was already ripping out yeah the tide was also ripping out that morning and it was 38 degrees that morning i think now were you Uh, guys in one boat together or no we were in separate boats okay but but hunting the same area or just helping hunting yeah maybe probably 400 yards from each other gotcha 600 somewhere around there so we're, we're in the same area sure um so we basically get done and thrown out our decoys, um, all that good stuff. And then we head back to the ramp, uh, get back to the ramp. We hang out, uh, me and Clay hang out and chit chat, uh, waiting on our guys to get there. And while we're waiting, uh, some boats put in and we're like, Oh, I hope we don't, they don't go get our decoys, all that. So, um, and then that boat that had come in, um, that of course flipped it come in and, um, it was on, it was so small. It was on like a lawnmower trailer. It wasn't <laughs> on a boat trailer. Um, it was a so 12 you guys foot remember, John boat. You guys saw this boat go in the water. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, it, All right. It was a 12 foot John boat. Like one you buy, like that's just on its, basically on its ass, just parked up, um, like at a Bass Pro or something for like yeah. 300, 400 bucks. One of those John boats. Sure. Sure. Um, a little V bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And it had, uh, a long tail on it, probably maybe a 10 horse. Um, uh, me and Clay looked at each other and were like, yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> they, I don't know what they think they're doing. Right. And it's rough. It's blowing probably 20 mile an hour. That's, uh, that's dangerous sounding right yeah. now. It yeah. is. 
20 I mean, mile an hour up the north, 38 degrees, wind chill of what was like it, 29, something like that. Yeah, it was cold. It was cold. Well, dude, I've uh, had my, I've had my 16 foot uh, war eagle out there with my 40 mm-hmm. XD and nothing yeah. like that. And I was yeah. sketched out even with that. Yeah, well, we just, were, just to mean, put it in contrast for y'all. I mean, yeah, these, these guys run yeah. bigger boats. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. we we all run. Uh, he runs an 18 foot uh, Gator Tail with a 70 Yamaha on it. I run a 19 foot uh, Prodigy with a 115 on it. So we're running big boats. Yeah. Um, so basically, I mean, we're sitting there waiting on our guys. I've got five guys. Would you have three that morning? Uh, no, I have four. Get four, yeah. four guys. So, anyways, we're waiting on our guys. Um, that boat that flipped, they put in before us, and they are already starting to idle out there. Of course, they're not going to go fast in that boat. Mm-hmm. Um, they, so, basic, basically, how the how that ramp is, you have the bridge that goes over the top, all the parking spots underneath, and it has four different ramps right there. Well, you put in your boat, and if the idle, it's no weight all the way for about 30 yards then you take a left and then you got like 50 yards and then you're into the river or into the mouth of the river where wow, you can so play yes sir yeah. but it's a uh, it has houseboats and uh you know bay boats and everything yeah. else it's basically a bunch of boat slips right there and you guys are only like i mean you guys are like like as a crow flies how far from the ocean uh like it's the mouth of the river it's, it's literally right there where the river meets meets the uh St. George Sound. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Cool. But anyway, go uh, ahead. So we get there. Obviously, like I said, get our guys. We're getting them loaded up. While we're getting them loaded up, um, one of those dudes' buddies that was on that boat, he wasn't on the boat. He was – so you can walk around and see the river from where he was at at the time. So he saw them – I guess what had happened, um, which we don't know for sure, but um, we're pretty certain that they had speared a couple waves and they just took too much water over the bow because it was, of course, like I said, blowing 20 mile an hour. Of course, it's going to be rough water right there in that river. Sure. That river's deep. And that that uh, water right there is ripping out, like it's getting out of there. Um, and they had basically sunk their boat right there just because of the, the water intake that they had gotten. Mm-hmm. And uh, so their buddy had to come running over to us. That wasn't on the boat. Said, hey, hey, hey. And he couldn't really get out of his mouth that they had flipped. And we're like, okay, what, what, what was it? And uh, he's like, my buddies, they, 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 they flipped. And um, he, he said they were they Did they call him or something? Yeah, they, I couldn't really tell us. I was trying to load my guys up. I thought it was just some dude coming over to talk to us. I was just, I wasn't really some thinking. Some public land asshole. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, then he, then he started getting like, you could tell in his face he was freaking out. I was like, okay, yeah. something's wrong. That's, so, what, that's what made me just push off. Yeah, he started freaking out. He said, hey, like my guys are sinking. And Clay was like, all right, I got it. And I was like, all right, let me get four, let me get three of y'all to get off the boat. Let me take two of y'all with me, which I had two of my clients help me just in case if something went wrong, I needed them to drive the boat or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, that no-wake zone, I mean, yeah, it's a no-wake, but with somebody hurt, we jump right up on top in that no-wake zone mm-hmm. just so we could get out there. I started uh, idling sure. out, and I was thinking, yeah. I was like, I mean, are they really in trouble? You yeah. know, should I, should I, should I do this? I really don't want to break the law. And I, you know, I look back and I can see him, like he's he's frantic. So I'm like, yeah. okay, it, yeah, he was trying to hop serious. on my boat. But Executive I decision. I didn't want him. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want him getting on my boat because I didn't know 
what he was going to do. I didn't know if you want to put himself in danger. So I told him just stay back. Uh, we go take care of it. Well, so especially Clay, if you guys to... knowing exactly. Yeah. Like, we, like the thing was, is we stayed calm throughout the whole thing because if you freak out, then everybody's going to freak out because right. of course we're, we're God in that hunt. So we have to stay calm. Sure. So, um, and we're driving those boats, of course. So Clay gets in front, he gets out there, um, and I'm right behind him. And when we get out and take a left into the river, um, so they basically had sunk their boat up from the bridge and they had floated back down through the bridges because that current. Mm-hmm. And um, so the first guy that Clay found, um, when we turned the corner, he had a life jacket on with a flashing headlamp. And Clay went straight over there to him and um, what is pulled him up. Yeah, dude. dude I, what? A, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, you're I'm, good. I'm just as you're telling the, me this, you know. And I'm a Navy guy, so I'm not afraid of water. Okay, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'm thinking about these tides ripping. <laughs> and if you're from the South, you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> I mean, they can rip sometimes where you're just like, dude. There's no. I mean, if you're in a large enough body of water, there's no getting out of it, you know. And I'm just thinking about the fear that, I mean, you, you know, you're, you're going out there, you're trying to enjoy a day of duck hunting, and I'm sure that's what they were trying to do. Um, yes. Obviously, yep. they were underexperienced, and Williamson Outfitters, located along the beautiful Gulf Coast of Florida, is a premier guide service with lodging that provides incredible coastal duck hunting, gator hunting, fishing, gigging, scalloping, and custom boat tours along Florida's forgotten coast. They are family-owned and operated with over 200 years of combined experience hunting and fishing along this incredible stretch of Florida. Captain Chris Williamson runs a first-class operation. On a coastal duck hunt, you have an incredible chance at many rare species of diver ducks and several puddle duck species. Listen up. If you're a veteran or active duty, February 3rd and 4th, Williamson Outfitters will be hosting a very special event. It's called Waterfowl Weekend for Warriors. To show appreciation for our men and women in uniform, the FWC offers a special weekend for veterans and active duty service members to hunt waterfowl in Florida. This opportunity occurs February 3rd through 4th, 2024, when waterfowl hunting is closed to the general public. Remaining dates for waterfowl are booking fast. Call or text Captain Chris right away, 850-251-8650, or you can go to www.floridaducks.com and check available dates for all their services what they needed to get out there but they're they're willing to risk it because they that's how addictive we are as as duck hunters you know and i just want to stop for a second and just really like make a point about the fact that you can get so crazy addicted to what we do that's i have done it myself and tristan i know you have too and many people listen to this you lose sight of the safety aspect i mean me and tristan threw my boat into a, a boat ramp and dove on the deck because of a tornado coming. I mean, it was, it was serious shit, you know I mean? It just takes that one mistake uh, that you're not here anymore, you know what I mean? So I just wanted to make a point about that real quick as you guys progress through this is that, you know, this is, uh, they had every intention of going out there and just having a good time, mm-hmm. you know? So anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, so, Basically, Clay goes over to that guy, gets that guy that had the headlamp life jacket on. And we knew there was two guys, at least two guys in that boat. Mm-hmm. Now, the other guy wasn't nowhere to be seen. We had no idea where he was at. Now, their boat, some, I don't know how, but its light bars were still on, and it was almost completely underwater. I seen that, 
and we didn't see the other guy. So automatically in my head, I was like, oh, he's trapped up under that boat. Yeah. So I drove over to the boat, hooked it up to my boat, and basically hit it in reverse to where it pulled that boat up out of the water enough to where we could look. And, of course, there was nothing up under. Up under. And by that time, I had made sure nobody was under it. Clay had found that guy. Was he hanging on to the bridge? Yeah, he said so basically, well, I'll just go ahead and tell my 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 viewpoint from it. Yeah. Uh, but when I turned that corner, I mean, I was disoriented. I see lights and, you know, the light bar under underwater because, you know, it was flipped, up, it was flipped upside down. Yeah. And then I see, you know, a light just flashing, and then I hear a guy, you know, yelling help. Uh, but I sit there, I kind of slow down once I get to it and realize, okay, there's one guy and, you know, he's frantic. He's waving around help. He has a, a, a bright green PFD on and a, like a lime green. Well, thank God they and, were smart enough to wear their, 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 their PFDs. I mean, seriously. I yeah, mean, it's one of them was. yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, thank God, because it is, I mean, it's, that's, we, we take it for granted just because the law says in many states that, you know, adults don't have to wear them. Uh, kids under uh, 12 usually, isn't it? Um, I think, uh, at least that's what it is here in Georgia. Um, but man, I mean, I just got me and Tristan two new ones this year just because I'm like, dude, I'm not messing around with those floody, twisty tur- current rivers and, and, and t- tidal areas anymore without a life vest on. Mm-hmm. I mean, even sometimes, sometimes even driving the boat, if I know it's going to be real bad, I mean, I, the, even the ones that you can get from Bass Pro that you put the CO2 bottle in to pull the string, I mean, those, th- that's better than nothing. Yeah. yeah. Especially, especially with how much, I mean, as duck hunters, we wear waders while riding a boat, even though safety, <laughs> for safety, you shouldn't. Sure. Just for the simple fact that they fill up and they pull you down. Yeah. Yep. Um, but either way, I, I see the boat about 20 yards from the boat. I see the guy. And then, so, I mean, I, I go to the guy. I get him to grab onto the side. And, I mean, I, I have to calm him down, you know, just saying, all right, just calm down. I'm, I'm going to get you in the boat. Just need you to calm down. And uh, and this guy, guys, he, this is Florida. This water is not 80 degrees. All right. I, I just hit this. Just hit me. What's what's like the temperature of the water at this time of year? Uh, it, it's warmer. It, that day it was warmer than the air, but mm-hmm. with the wind and the temperature, it was, it was, but w- when you come out of the water and give it five minutes for that, uh, water to cool down, that's that your clothes soaked up mm-hmm. and you know, you feel, you feel the full effect of the temperature and then the wind chill. So, I mean, it, it intensifies. Very that quickly. water temperature is probably in its low fifties. Mm. That just so a, it, 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 it <laughs> ain't not, no no i mean hypothermia could set in super quick on in, in that for sure but yeah so but, uh, keep going i'm sorry but either way I, I i pull him into the side of the boat and you know he's freaking out he's like my buddy my buddy my buddy i'm like all right well i need where's the last place you saw him and, and i need you to calm down at least tell me the last place you saw him and he you know, you said the bridge, the bridge, and the, and I, I knew Bryce was already working down current from me, you know, looking at the boat, whatever, shine lights so he could see everywhere down there. Um, my biggest thing was as soon as I got him in the boat and I was shining the light bar around, I saw where he, I don't know if he had them on, had them off or what, but I saw a pair of waders that were kicked off. Mm. So my immediate thought was, 
he got out of his waders by a miracle. Because, like I said, those waders, they fill up, and they, they literally suction to your body. Mm, yep. But they uh, – I see – my first thought was – you know, his waders filled up. He's at the bottom of the river right now. There's, there's no way that we can find them. Like that, that's just in the story. Mm-hmm. But I know Bryce is working down the river, and then he says the bridge. So I start going up current, and uh, he said he said he's seen them over by the bridge. So I draw so the bridge. It has the pylons, and in the middle it has the. The channel where it has the wood around it, the wood pylons mm-hmm. for, I, I don't know what that's for, for if a bigger boat accidentally bumps into them or something. I have no idea. Sure, yeah. Um, but he basically, what he, he had his waders on, but they flipped before the, or after the bridge. And then he immediately grabbed onto the decoy bag and got to the piling and he had his feet against one piling. And his back against another with the with the uh, decoy bag pretty much cradled in his lap. Wow! But uh, I get him. I, I I make sure he you know he's pinned. He he's not going to go anywhere. I give him the pass me the decoy bag out of his hand, so we we're able to recover that. And then I, with the help of the other guy, I pull I pull him into the boat. Wow! And. Uh, you know, adrenaline pump and everything else, they're not they're not cold right yet. I mean the first thing they were worried about was their backpack with their wallet and the keys. Mm-hmm. So we idle around there and by that time Bryce is hooked up to the boat. You know, he made sure nobody was under it. I made sure there was nobody else with him. You know, I I, I got them both to calm down. I mean obviously it's that right there that's scary. I mean I've been in a few situations where I've had to put the boat on a sandbar in order to bail the boat in order to keep on going. Mm. But it is scary, but they said there was nobody else and uh, we couldn't get their backpack out from underneath the boat. So it was one of those deals. We had to wait till we got back to the ramp. But either way, the first is they want, they wouldn't leave the boat just because of all their stuff in it. So we idled behind them till the one guy started just straight up shivering. So I said, all right, well, you guys don't have y'all's car keys. So I'm going to get back to the ramp, strip down to your underwear, and I'll crank up my truck. And you guys sit in heat till we get everything to the ramp and stuff like that. Man. So, I mean, they, the other guy was there with his truck, so they were able to just do that in his truck. I mean, what were the what were the the clients doing? I mean, obviously, I would sacrifice. I would be like, dude, go save the people. You know what I mean? And you guys do all this. I mean, so, they had to just so, be mind blown. Yeah, the two I had on my boat, um, I had, I had hunted with them for already a day or two, and they're really cool guys. So I, I was I was, more, I was comfortable with them helping me out. They sure. they're they're about my age. We're I mean we're cutting up so. Um, yeah, so anyways, we get out there. I have them to help me out. So we, uh, they helped me uh, anchor that boat to my boat, basically. Um, and once Clay had told me he found that other guy, we made sure there was no other people on the boat. Um, then we started doing basically rescue for their belongings. Gotcha. So um, that's what I, that's basically what my job was once. Um, 
were you guys able to recover stuff? Um, what yeah. So basically while Clay was recovering that other guy, I hooked up that boat um, to mine, tried to flip it over on its, on its front side, but I couldn't just because it was basically getting suction cupped up under that current. It was all in the so dark. Really, yeah. This is all pitch black dark. Yeah. Um, so we ended up getting both their guns that were floating in the water. Um, we got their blind bags that were floating in the water. Do you want coffee that doesn't suck? Get the duck. Dirty duck coffee is made specifically for the waterfowl enthusiast. Enjoy flavors like morning wood, dark dynasty, cinnamon teal snickerdoodle, and first flight to unlock the flavor that you'll enjoy in the blind for years to come. Our friends at dirty duck coffee company are now offering all zero duck 30 followers a 15% discount when you use code zero duck 15 on your next order. Water, their waders that were floating in the water. Um, their backpack that they wanted, the keys and everything was, it was stuck up under, it was, it's side patch that you put on like your, uh, basically the strap. It was, it was hung on something on the boat. And yeah, I guess they tied it to the battery. Um, thank the Lord. Um, so that was basically hit. It was stuck on that boat. Um, and so they, once Clay pulled up behind me with them on his boat, they were freaking out wanting that bag. I told them like, look, the last thing you need to worry about right now is your shit in that bag. You yeah. need to get back to that ramp and go get in some heat. Yeah. I ain't worried about that shit right now. Right. So, um, so Clay, he got them back to the ramp, of course, got their stuff off, got them in the heat. Um, he did a good job of that. And, um, oh, what an incredible job managing their emotions, you guys. Yeah. Um, I think that's something uh, to, to really point out here is that, you know, I mean, people go through paramedic training and, you know, you're dealing with people that are not in their right mind, you know, and it takes a lot of, of, um, patience and, and, um, um, calmness to, to handle a situation like that. And what an incredible thing. I mean, I'm sitting here at 51 and I, I don't know if I could have done as good a job as you guys. I mean, that, that's just incredible, um, that you guys were able to, to maintain, uh, control, and, and and keep your emotions in check. You know, to me, it sounds like you guys were like trained to do this in the Navy. You know, I mean, I mean, it's just, I mean, I mean, I mean is some of this like, Play a lot of Call of Duty. Is, is, we know we're Can you guys give? <laughs> that's awesome. Um, now, now, can you guys give some credit to any of the safety training that you go through to um, get your captain's license? That kind of, or is it just more of a moral thing? That was more of just like a instinct, almost yeah, as a human. Like, it know. wasn't really. I mean, yeah. I mean, there was a few things they taught us in there that I mean, it really wasn't much that they. I mean, they didn't really teach us about that stuff. Sure, they sure. didn't teach you how to anchor a flipped over boat and how to go <laughs> rescue somebody. Sure, like that. Sure. Like yeah. So and, it, and good. I mean, you know, y'all growing up around boats and stuff. I'm sure that had to. You know, yeah, it, it, you know, that's what it really was about. Was really just us being around that kind of stuff not really the rescuing and everything but just mm-hmm. around like boats and like what that current is really about and what that temperature is really about so yeah. um, that's mind-blowing yeah, that's, yeah. It, it, it's it's mind-blowing to me you guys i just uh, uh as soon as i saw this um on instagram you know i was just like wow because i mean we hear it every year um, there's stories all across, you know, during duck hunting season of people that we lose, you know, and it's so sad and it's nobody out there 
trying to be dangerous. They just maybe are under uneducated, um, don't have the right equipment or whatever it is, but just chasing their passion just like we all do. And, yep. uh, you know, if, and you guys literally, I mean, y'all, if you don't understand what, what this means when this tide's sucking out, these guys could have been sucked out in the middle of the ocean in in an hour or two. Yeah, thankfully I mean, it was pulling in to come Yeah, in. if it wasn't for that guy with that life jacket on, I mean, there ain't no telling what, what would have actually happened yeah. because um, him getting that life jacket and headlamp on was very smart on his play because mm-hmm. um, he's, he's the one who basically, um, once he got in the boat, he was good enough in his head to tell clay like hey like bridge like at least just get that word out because if he wouldn't have had that life jacket on there's no telling what if we would even found him well talking i talked to him a little bit with a guy that was hanging on to the bridge i talked to him a little bit after the fact you know a day or two after and uh he said that they were actually both hanging on to the bridge he just he was freaking out the guy in the life jacket was freaking out and he actually kicked off the bridge to try to swim to the hill, but the current was too strong for him to do that. Oh, man. Man, I mean, imagine this, you guys. I mean, imagine if you're doing it. This is in the dark, dude. I mean, it's just, golly, holy cow, man. But that's how these things happen, man. I mean, me, Tristan and I, you know, I don't want to shy away from, from what you guys did, but, you know, the first danger scare I had on a river was, you know, we had a a budget uh, boat, you know, and um, uh, budget uh, uh, surface drive and, and just trying to do what we could do in Arkansas. And it was flooded on this river and that we were on. And, you know, we lost power. And in a second, this wave is coming behind us from the from the the, the wake from the motor and. It came so close, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at all this undertow and all this stuff. I mean, we were we had no power. We're sitting there spinning a little bit in the river, and I got back that year, and uh, you know, I told my wife, I said, I can't if I'm going to do this sport. I can't not afford if I'm gonna, if that's what I want to do. If mm-hmm. I want to have a boat to be able to run those kinds of waterways mm-hmm. from this point forward, I can't I can't afford to not invest in it you know what i mean and, and that, that's, I'll, I'll never have that safety issue again that that's really a big thing that uh, i mean most people look at you like you know it sucks because it's the law we gotta have it whatever but in reality you know, like it's it's very important one to have the the whistle the correct amount of life jackets the throwable the the fire extinguisher um and then really mainly just it's in the teens that morning, and maybe you're chasing ducks or geese. But now it's September, and it's 85 degrees, and you're hunting early teal or geese. As a waterfowler, you need dependable weather protection that will not break the bank. Founded in 1996, Frog Togs is not only the leader in breathable wader technology, but a company you can depend on to keep you warm and dry, head to toe, no matter your hunting environment. Stay bone dry by using discount code ZD315 for 15% off not only your first purchase, like most discount goods, but how about every single purchase you make from now until December 31st, 2024? The knowledge about it all. Yeah, the knowledge of the waterways that you're in and stuff. Yeah, I mean, 
man, guys, I'm just a yeah. And you you hear it all the time from these scenarios. It's like everyone that you know. Luckily, the people that are still with us that make it out of these scenarios are like, man, you don't realize how quickly it could happen. You know? Yeah. No, it happens to all of us. Every single one of us, as a as an outdoors person. We yes, yes. we know of a situation or been in a situation where you're like, dude, that was sketch. That was super sketch, and <laughs> or I almost died. I mean, you know, you almost fall out of a tree stand or whatever it is. Hopefully, my wife doesn't listen to this. <laughs> dude, yeah, maybe, I scared some girls. That's for sure. Yeah, maybe we, maybe we should start a reality show. It's like deadliest catch. <laughs> yeah. you know? We talk, we talk about strapping GoPros to us all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we definitely need some. GoPros and mics because uh, there's some stuff that happens all the time. Not this kind of stuff, but oh just, man, I'm just, sure y'all see all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah, but that, my, uh, this. Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, drive safe. Uh, but that's like how we were com- how he compared it to uh, small Venice. This is, that's like, you know, you hear all the stories about people crossing the Mississippi in the middle of the night, and you don't see that that ship's wake that came through that's throwing a four-foot wake. Mm, yeah. Um, you don't, you just don't see it in the middle of the night in the dark, and yeah. it, it's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> that's another All that timing that, I'm sorry, that, that happened, um, I just wanted to say that the timing of everything was completely on God's part, mm-hmm. because... Um, for some reason it was very delayed that morning. Everything was slowing down. Um, like, um, our guys are a little late to the ramp and that, that's fine with us, which we really don't care about. But, um, just those few minutes of letting them get out there basically before us and letting us have enough time before we left. Cause we could have left just a few minutes before. Yeah, and we would have been out there before those guys did, and they would have flipped, and nobody would have been there to get them. That's a good point. And uh, I just, I think all the timing that morning was really on God's part. Yeah, no, I think you're right, man. I didn't think about that at first, but yeah, it just could have few minutes here or there could have been the deal breaker. Yeah, it, yeah, because I mean, they literally were right around the corner when they flipped, and they left just a few minutes before we did. Like. Maybe five minutes. Oh, thank God that you guys were there, man. I mean, oh, wow. Yeah, man, you guys. Well, um, Tristan, you got anything else you wanted to to, to chat with these guys about? No, nah, man, just th- thank you guys for coming on and telling us about it, man. I just, uh, oh, yeah. again, you know, props to you guys and, um, you know, just – uh, it's just impressive to hear, and I, I know y'all are humble guys and aren't out to toot your own horn or anything. But we'll, well do, your we'll, dad, we'll, we'll do it for you. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what, Bryce? Your dad can toot all day long. <laughs> Listen, Chris, if you're listening to this, and I don't know if you can hear me or not, you oh, need to no. get on, and you guys need to contact your local government. I'm serious. You need to contact the local state government. You guys deserve to get some kind of of recognition from the governor (laughs) i'm not or something like this no you guys listen and this is the this is the reason behind it is that if you do that it gets out to more people that's my whole point here is that it it can be used as such a positive thing to get a message out bigger to the bigger part See, i understand why my dad would want to do that but me and clay i mean we talked about it i mean 
it, we don't really care for the fame of it. I mean, yeah. we didn't do it for no. the fame. We did I know it because there's people in need. Yeah, we yeah. Didn't. that's, yeah. that's I right. Mean, but, but I mean, I get it. It it it's good to get it out there and let people know that hey, you know, we're we're helping people. You know, yeah. and that and that kind of goes back to also one of those things of I mean, we we did that this one time and it got recognized. There's well, we have two two or three local boys that work for us that they they do it and see it all the time with yeah. Yeah. anybody. No, understood. That's a good point. Yeah. Understood. No, I, I really I really wasn't. Just, my my whole message there is just that yeah, yeah, yeah. if if more people hear about it, then like Tristan was saying earlier on, you know, it's just the um, we all need to be more. Um, locked into each other and safety and helping each other. So, anyway, but man, guys, thank you so much. Yes, sir. Anytime. Yep. And, uh, y'all, y'all have a good rest of your season. I know we don't got much, much left, but I, I hope you guys hammer them from the way out. And yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, we're gonna try. <laughs> hey, you know what Yoda says? Do it or not, there's no traffic. That's right. <laughs> All righty, guys. Well, thank you and have a good night. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. I've been southbound, I've been hellbound, riding on the midnight train. Going too fast now, think I'll slow down, standing in the pouring rain.